All right, so today might get pretty meta. Uh, we have the senior editor of PR News, Nicole Schumann, with us. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Hey, ladies. Thanks for having me. Jacqueline and I are very excited to chat with you. Like I said, we might get pretty meta. Uh, our first question and what we wanted to cover with you right off the bat is, um, how do you select the stories, brands, and campaigns that you cover for PR News? That's an interesting question. It's it's such a huge industry and PR touches so many different points now, right? I mean, you have social media campaigns, digital media campaigns, TV, there's, you know, print and media relations and different stories. Um, I mean, we do get pitched campaigns ahead of time um, from some brands and some agencies. Uh, so those are put into some consideration. Um, you know, we have some good relationships with uh, different agencies and, you know, PR representatives that give us a heads up on certain things. But for me, I would say my go-to, honestly, I've been a Twitter user since 2007, <laughs> way too long, but it is my favorite platform to find the latest things that are coming out and, you know, breaking news and those sorts of things. So every morning it's a, it's a bad habit and I should change it, but I also love it. Um, I go to Twitter and I look at the trends that are there. And, um, you know, it's a good way to kind of test the waters of what people are following, what they're paying attention to. Um, so when we are looking for different campaigns, um, and when we do cover campaigns, a lot of times we'll do roundups, right? So, for example, St. Patrick's Day is coming up. So we might look for what brands are doing for St. Patrick's Day or, um, you know, International Women's Day. What are brands doing for International Women's Day? Um, you know, for example, this morning, I saw a tweet from um, Burger King UK, which is getting a lot of flack. Um, the first tweet they had was something about women belong in our kitchen or something. I, that. That. <laughs> I um, didn't know what that was about, but yeah. Uh, yeah, and I guess they continue on, you know, trying to get more women in the in their workforce and those sorts of things. And it's fine, but it it's it's not been received well. Um, <laughs> And I, I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have known about that had I not seen it um, trending on Twitter, seeing people talk about it. So, um, so I utilize social media quite a bit to, uh, you know, see what's sparking interest with people um, for the most part. With the roundups. So if a brand is covering or doing some sort of campaign around a holiday, do you welcome pitches around that? Or is that purely what you find organically? I know you say you consider pitches. So I'm just wondering if that's like. A category of like the type of pitch you might be interested in receiving. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, pitching is complicated, right? I mean, we get, yeah. <laughs> I get so many pitches every day. It's hard to, I like to at least reply to the person pitching and just say, Hey, you know, I, I appreciate you reaching out, but I can't use this today. So they know, and, you know, so I don't get like four or five repetitive emails about it, but you know, it's so hard with the, the flood of email I get every day. Um, however, you know, occasionally I'll get something that doesn't really apply to what I do. Um, I'm trying to think of something I wrote about recently. Oh, the American Cleaning Institute pitched me. Uh, and, and you might say, well, what do they have to do with PR? Um, well, if you think about the past year uh, and COVID, cleaning mm. and sanitizing are probably two of the top priorities, right? 
Um, And they sent me a great pitch, you know, regarding what they do, you know, how they've worked with their members, which I mean, their members include people like Clorox, Lysol, um, and just how they created a unified message for the public um, and, and their campaigns surrounding that. So, so, you know, normally you wouldn't match up cleaning and PR, but because of the great pitch they sent me, that was something that I thought was timely and interesting for PR people to look at and learn from. Um, mm. So that's an example of a pitch that's that a great I did. example. Yeah, it, it was it was good. Good story. It's on our website. So the pitch is somewhat, um, you know, but we do tend to, and, and usually with our roundups, um, our, everyone on our staff will pitch in <clears throat> to look at you know, find different things that uh, have sparked their interest um, from what they're doing. So, so pitching can work, even if it's, you know, something that might not necessarily, you know, fit what we write about all the time. If the PR person can find a way to make that work for what we write about, then, you know, it's, it's a possibility. That's cool. Can you give a, uh, can you give a little bit more details on why the pitch stood out to you? Um, I think because what, you know, when I look at, at pitches, I look at number one, how they can apply to the communications industry, obviously, that's what I write about. Mm-hmm. Um, but number two, I personally like to write stories that provide an, an interesting look at how people are affected, right? I did a story last week on the Texas, uh, the Texas removing the mandate of the masks, right? Um, That affects a lot of people. And how is that being communicated? How are people responding? I I think that's really important. The cleaning pitch was of interest to me because of the passion that that was put into the pitch. I mean, it was, it was a great, it was a great pitch in terms of it wasn't too long. It was easy for me to read. And then I was able to go back and get more information from them regarding it. But overall, I think it just, that is something that had impacted so many people on so many angles and, you know, it applied to other industries as well. So, you know, it's great to be able to write for the PR and communications audience, but I also think that's something that, other people in other industries would be interested in as well. You know, maybe the restaurant industry, the airline industry, um, anyone that owns a small business. Um, you know, all these people were touched by, uh, you know, sanitize, sanit- excuse me, sanitization and, and those sorts of things for the pandemic. So um, that's, that's something that I, I take a look at in pitches as well. Got it. So like the timeliness has a lot to do with it too. And what from a national perspective, what stories are trending, which also ties back into your Twitter, um, why you like to keep a pulse on Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. Makes um, sense. Timeliness is very important, but we do write evergreens as well. Um, you know, and I, I do, it, I wish I had an, a clone because I get such great, <laughs> you know, even from nonprofits about different campaigns they've done and, you know, how they've worked and, you know, what's worked out for them. And I want to write about everything, but I just, you know, we don't have the bandwidth, unfortunately, all the time. So we do create an editorial calendar that has space for evergreen content as well. Um, we're doing some more longer form content, um, you know, behind a paywall, which, uh, you know, is is great, you know, premium content for our, our readers. Um, 
so you know we do try to make space for that as well but um yeah also every week i i have certain days that i'm writing about timely topics and um you know i'm on tap tomorrow and we'll see what's happening <laughs> i want to just quickly talk a little bit more about the pitches uh we love to ask journalists and editors what what assets are most helpful for you um, besides potentially just as an example a press release um, any additional imagery what do you find most helpful in that regard um when I'm looking at pitches my main thing is because I get so many please do not send me you know eight paragraphs about a story um, if you can just get to the point within the first you know within five sentences that would be great if you want to attach the press release with more information, that is great. If you want to uh, paste the press release in below the original pitch, that's great. Uh, a press release, you know, should just include the basic facts, obviously, of who, what, where, when, and why. Um, but also, my big thing is quotes. I am more likely to do a short roundup of a story, or you know, instead of you know, maybe leading to a bigger story if, if there is a good quote in it. And one of the things I say in regards to quotes is I don't want just want to see a CEO saying, we're opening this store. It's great for the neighborhood. It's great for our bottom line or, or for hiring more people. Like, it's great. It's great. You're opening a business. We get it. Um, what I want in quotes is, you know, I need something deeper, you know, beyond the surface level. Um, you know, maybe why they decided to do this or you know, interesting fact on how they tried to do this, you know, how they came to this place, you know, and, and I think that's more interesting and will kind of um, pique my interest for a possible interview on the story. As far as if, if there is an image that you can attach, a nice high-res image, that's great. That makes it a lot easier for us to uh, attach art to your content. But I know some a lot of people talk about multimedia and videos and those sorts of things. Me personally, I just, I don't have time to watch video. I wish I did. I'm sure they're beautifully produced and created, but um, I just don't have the time for it. Uh, but I know some other journalists like seeing those sorts of things. Um, I think maybe when it comes to a product or you want to see how a product works or something like that, that could be useful. So yeah, so for me... I, I guess I would say keep it simple. You know, attachments are fine, uh, but you don't need to go overboard in the initial uh, pitch to me. Um, we can get more into more information as we go on. That's great. Do you, when people send you um, commentary or quotes, do you find it more appealing if they're kind of quote unquote exclusive for you to use? Yes. Uh I talk about this with a lot of journalists in the industry. Exclusives are great. We don't want to be writing about the same thing everybody else is writing about. You know, for example, the Harry and Meghan interview was yesterday. And we do think it's applicable to write about, uh, especially from a PR perspective. Holy moly. <laughs> but everybody's writing about that today. You know, the interview happened. We know what everyone said. What we are going to do is we are going to wait until tomorrow uh, to see what the reaction is from, you know, brands or from obviously from 
you know, Buckingham Palace, mm-hmm. but we can write a story about the response rather than just about what happened. Um, so an idea in this situation, if someone is pitching me a source, that would be great. Uh, if someone would pitch me a source, someone who's worked with crisis response at a high level of public figures, you know, I'd love to hear more about their comments and different things there. Um, but yeah, definitely quotes that are exclusive to what I'm going to be writing about, I think is great. I don't want to be using the same quotes that I've seen in four other stories. Otherwise, I, I just won't use them. Right. That's a great example of just how of how PRs can take advantage of trending topics too and tie it back into whatever it is that they might be promoting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So do you have kind of like relationships with publicists that you hear often from? Yes. Not a ton, but there are several that I've developed pretty good relationships with. And if I develop a good relationship with a, a publicist uh, or a PR person, comms person, uh, the first time I work with them, I will ask them, hey, can you you know add me to your list? Like keep me updated on new things that are happening because they've done such a good job. And it's it's great when you can find someone that you can work with easily. Um, and, and when I say easily, I mean, you know, a lot of our stuff is timely, right? So a lot of times I'm going to need quotes turned around pretty quickly within 24 hours for a story, um, or I'm going to need questions answered rather quickly. Um, people that can do that uh, are, and, and I know in journalism and in PR, it's such a hard job because a lot of times you're on 24 seven. I do my best to not contact people um, outside of normal work hours because I just know people have lives and they want to live them. And, and that's, I try to have a respect for that. But yeah, during the day, you know, during the work day, if I can, you know, contact someone and get a response really quickly, uh, especially if they're at a big organization, that really means a lot to me. And it's someone that I'll want to work with again for a story because I know the story will get done and it will, you know, get done pretty quickly. And, you know, they'll give me usually pretty good content um, that I can use for it and, you know, answer the questions that I have very quickly. So, um, so speed is definitely key uh, in a lot of that. So those are the people that I I tend to go to, you know, when I'm looking for sources or information, um, you know, more often than not. And, and I have contacts like that at brands and at, um, agencies. So, um, you know, one of the things that a lot of PR people will ask journalists is how often do you use pitches? And a lot of them actually will say they don't because they've developed such good relationships with people at the industries or the brands that they cover. Um, you know, for instance, if you cover, uh, let's say you cover social media, you know, technology. And, you know, let's say you have a relationship with someone at Facebook, you're going to ping that person at Facebook all the time, you know, just asking them what's new or, you know, what's going on rather than, you know, waiting for a press release or something to be uh, distributed. So it, um, you know, it, it, it means a lot there, that relationship and that um, development there. This is a nice tie-in to another question that we had around pitching 
I know we're, we were just talking about you being more proactive and actually reaching out to the PRs or publicists or agencies or brands or what have you. But when it comes to receiving pitches, do you think there's a right time for a PR person to send an email your way? We love asking this question. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of people always want to know what's the best time. Um, I mean, I would definitely obviously say the morning, um, you know, I, I tend to go through my pitches. I tend to go through my pitches twice a day. I'll go through them. Uh, we usually have a news meeting around 9 a.m. So around 10 a.m. I usually have some time. So I'll usually take half an hour and kind of go through my email and see what's come in for the day, if anything makes sense. Actually, and then also, this might be a surprise to a lot of people, but the end of the day is usually when um, I'll also take a look at what's come in my email in terms of pitches and whatnot. So um, like around the four o'clock, 4 p.m. time, um, and I'll look and see if there's anything that I can utilize for the next day um, that might be coming up. So, you know, if you have an event or if you have, you know, something for a specific date that you want covered, you know, definitely make sure you're sending it a couple days in advance at least so we know about it. Um, and then also, you know, if I decide to cover it also, you know, ping me like the day before to just give me a reminder. Um, cause a lot of times I'll, I'll, I'll forget, you know, it's hard it, during, but like during the middle of the day, like me trying to go through email and read pitches usually just doesn't happen. Um, cause I'm either writing or interviewing or, you know, helping out with events that we're doing. Um, but yeah, usually like the morning and like, I mean, if you want to send a picture on 3 p.m., that would totally be fine because I'd be looking at my email for the end of the day. But, you know, every journalist is different. Everybody works differently. Um, you know, I was just going through email from the past week last night. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Yeah, because I had some time and it was like, oh, my gosh, this is overwhelming. I'm drowning in my email. And, um, you know, since International Women's Day, was coming up and, um, you know, it's the whole month, you know, women's month. And, you know, I, I want to write a story for that this month. And, you know, I wanted to go through my pitches because I know I've, I've received quite a bit in terms of that. So, and, and my other thing is, please, if you don't hear from a person, please don't email them five days in a row. <laughs> like it's just going to flood my inbox and it's going to make me angry and it's just not going to be good for you. Um, thank you for confirming the end of day theory. Cause I've had that theory for a short while. <laughs> I used to send all my pitches in the morning and I've been experimenting with sending them later in the day. Mm-hmm. And um, I do use a software to see what my open rate is and all that. And I have noticed that, I do receive a lot of opens around like the 4 to 6 p.m. window Eastern time. So that's really cool to confirm that that's likely like a a workflow that other editors are probably adopting as well. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's hard because like I was saying, a lot of news meetings take place in the morning. Yeah, I was wondering how that works timing wise, because part of me was like, well, shouldn't you like try to get your pitch in before the news meeting or does that matter? So what are your thoughts on that? Like in relevance to when you have your news meeting? That's a good idea too. Um, I mean, we have our news meeting at nine. Um, part of me wishes we had our news meeting at nine 30 and maybe I'll bring this up. Um, so, I, so, so I could go cause our day usually starts around nine. So, okay. So, so I could go through any emails that I might get, you know, from eight 30 AM on that we could, you know, bring up, Maybe that is something that I'll suggest. Um, but every organization is different, you know. But I, I know everybody definitely does have a meeting between 
you know, most people between nine or 10 a.m., you know, especially too. And the other thing to keep in mind, you know, I feel bad for everybody that lives on the West Coast because, you know, a lot of news is, you know, coming out of East Coast time, right? Yeah. Um, so it, it probably is difficult. You know, you don't want to be sending stuff out at 3.30 in the morning, which I can understand. So I, I do think for the West Coast people, you know, it might be beneficial um, to look at that uh, later in the day. So when you were looking at International Women's Day pitches, were you using the search function in your email inbox and looking up keywords to see what uh, pitches you may have gotten in the last couple of weeks over the topic? Or did you just kind of sift and try to find what you could without using that function? Yeah, I I will be honest. I need a course in, you know, Marie Kondo, my email, please, because I'm <laughs> so bad at organizing it. I will admit it. Um, but what I do try to do is when I know I have a story coming up, <clears throat> I have a whole folder for story ideas and um, I'll make specific folders for, you know, I have a, a folder for, you know, International Women's Month. And um, so any pitches that I have been getting for women, I will put in there. But yeah, I, I did I use my, you know, search bar, you know, the other day. And, you know, I just typed in women, and you know, was able to, you know, find mo- shift through most of my pitches that way. So, um, you know, when writing your emails, you know, that is a good thing to keep in mind, the keywords that you really think someone would, you know, maybe search for in their email inbox, um, you know, for a topic that you're trying to promote. But yeah, that, that's kind of the way that I've gone on that. Um, and, and, you know, some of the pitches I received were very promotional, you know, about, a, you know, a type of product or something that, you know, it was a bit of a stretch for, you know, something like International Women's Day. Um, and, and those, you know, I, I kind of delete and put away. Um, but, you know, then there were also ones that, you know, were you know, touting women founders or, you know, agency leaders and those sorts of things. So, um, you know, I've also gotten studies. So, you know, I put everything in that folder and I'm going to, you know, take a look and sift through the ideas and, you know, come back to people with what I think I can do. You're not the first person to uh, say that they have little folders with story ideas. So that's really cool. Um, <laughs> Good to know I'm on the right track. I think so. I don't think anybody, everyone we've talked to, we ask if they use like, well, not every single person, but it seems like the general consensus is everyone's pretty old school with email inbox uh, managing. Like everyone seems to pretty much do more or less the same things. It's so difficult. It's just so hard. Do you, how many pitches do you get in a day? It depends. It also depends on the day of the week. Oh. You know, Mondays I'll, you know, usually walk into quite a bit of pitches. Ah. Yeah, just uh, Good to know. <laughs> people are people are really they're working overtime on the weekends. I mean, it's crazy, but you know, I mean, it doesn't matter if I get on a Monday or a Tuesday um, or even a Friday. I mean, depending on you know what the time is and what the topic is, it you know you send it when you need to send it. It, it really doesn't matter in the day. Um, I, I mean, I will say you know we do. I usually plan on Friday for what I'm going to write for the next week in terms of if I have features that I'm writing about or, um, you know, stories that aren't as timely per se, but, you know, if it's something like a holiday that, you know, we're going to be writing about in relation to, or, you know, a big event that's coming up. I mean, we have those on our calendar. So, you know, it'd be good to, you know, see pitches for that ahead of time, as I was saying. So, you know, I, I mean, 
the day of the week, you know, I mean, that's, you know, it depends. Um, but as for time and, and all that, I mean, you know, we discussed it. It really, you know, it depends on the person. One other question. I noticed that sometimes you do cover, well, you do cover a lot of like missed opportunities in PR or maybe things where maybe a company may have gotten a PR campaign wrong or what have you. Do you ever have those companies reach out to you with comment on those stories or like, have you ever had like, I guess a run-in with a PR professional that they didn't like the way in which you guys covered them or anything like that? Oh, for sure. And you know what? Those actually turn into really good relationships. Um, Yeah. yeah. I mean, if everyone's like professional in a situation, it's totally fine. The reason we write about those is so people can learn from them. Right. Um, Yeah. You know, so you look at something and someone makes a mistake and it might, you know, wake you up to, to being like, oh my goodness, yeah, we should definitely not do that. Um, <laughs> because depending on what industry you're in, you know, you're so in your zone all the time that sometimes you forget about how an audience can perceive you, right? Yep. And, you know, too, we talk a lot, we've been writing a lot more about diversity and inclusion marketing. Um, and, you know, the people, yeah, you really need to diversify the people that are in the room, right? Because your audience is diverse, no matter no matter what product you're you're promoting or you know what service things like that you really need to keep that in mind nowadays um should have been keeping it in mind forever right but now yeah, yeah. you know at least it's out there um so i mean that is the reason that you know we point these things out because you know we don't want people to make the same mistakes um but, but we did have an example we wrote about um wrote about the Capitol riot you know last month or i'm sorry gosh it's march now oh my gosh um, in January. And um, we did have the head of comms for the Capitol Police uh, reply to us because he he was a PR news reader. And we were so we were actually excited about that. You know, we were happy to hear that, you know, and and he pointed out the discrepancies in the piece. And, you know, he he was he was upset. But, you know, we reached out to him and and we had, you know, several conversations with him. And now he's going to be presenting at our um uh, our crisis event in a couple weeks um wow. yeah it ended up being a really great you know relationship and you know he wrote a piece for us as well and he's such a great resource because that's such a demanding position to be in an insane um you know unprecedented sorry i hate using that word but i just did okay. um, <laughs> uh you know a really unprecedented time that him and his staff had to go through. So we did, we talked to him, we did, you know, we cleaned up the story, you know, and we learned something in that too, is that when we are writing about these companies or, you know, different things, it'd be great to, you know, reach out to them or hear back from them um, on how they want to respond. And, um, but I mean, that just goes to show if you just, you know, you keep things cool, you keep things professional, you can really develop a good relationship there. And, um, you know, it's just the key to everything, right, is talking to people and coming to an understanding. Whether someone is right or wrong, there's always a story behind it, right? So yeah, so we've, you know, we've really developed a good relationship with them. Uh, you know, our crisis event is um, the end of March, and I'm running the panel with, uh, with him and uh, a- a- another woman, you know, just talking about different crisis situations that they've been through, especially through the past year. Uh, and I think it's it's going to be awesome. And I'm I'm really excited that, you know, they're 
that we're connected with them now. That's really cool. I love that story. And I like that you turned it around and made it something positive. Um, yeah. yeah, that's really cool. And I like that it kind of gets to the heart of the purpose of why you guys cover PR news to begin with. And it is to, well, I guess you could tell me, <laughs> I guess I'm telling you, but the way I'm reading it is you want to help advance the PR field and set an example for other companies to do better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no industry is perfect, right? I mean, look at journalism. We have our own issues in general. Um, But I mean, I believe personally, uh, you know, the only way that we all can become better is by acknowledging the shortcomings and, um, you know, building on that, right? Uh, So, yeah, I mean, we're there, you know, we're there to provide, you know, some, some learning and assistance for PR professionals, whether they're just starting out or whether they've been doing this for 20, 25, 30 years, you know, everybody, I think when you stop learning, um, you know, you're done, right? So Mm -hmm. (laughs) you just never stop learning. So you can always become better. And uh, I think that applies to PR and communications. And I I mean, PR and communications 10 years ago is not what it is even today. there's so much technology and there's so many changes going on um, culturally that I, I think there's a lot of room for improvement on all sides. And I, it's, it's been cool to see PR people really step up to that and acknowledge that and, and take advantage of that. And um, I, I hope we're going to continue to see that. Me too. Yeah. So about that crisis event, we want to plug that into the show notes for sure. So if you're listening and you want to know more about that, you can go to our website and we'll add a link to that. But do you have anything to say about that? Is it too late to RSVP or if people are interested in attending, how can they do so? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Definitely not too late. It's going to be on obviously virtual um, on March 24th and 25th. And they're day long, but the the way that we've been doing... um, you know, uh, our virtual events now, I mean, if you're a follower of PR News at all, you know that we used to have these big, great live events and we miss it. And we are really trying, hoping that we're going to be able to get back to that um, by the end of this year. Um, Because we miss seeing people, we miss talking to people in person. And I'm sure everybody feels that way. Um, But yeah, this is a great event. It's running over two days. Um, Our keynoter is the Senior Vice President, Chief Communications Officer for Southwest Airlines, which airlines, you know, had a crazy year last year. Um, We have some great people from, uh, you know, different government organizations, nonprofits. We have someone from Howard University. Uh, we have Chipotle, the Department of Defense. I mean, it's it's wow. really great. It's it's one of our best, I I think, um, uh, program shows in terms of uh, diversity and voices. And I, I just think it's great, and you're going to be able to learn a lot from it. So we have a website that I can give you guys. Uh, you know, it's it's from our PR News website. If you just go to our events page, you can register there. And I think we have a couple okay. packages as well. Um, you know, if you also want to become a uh, subscriber um, to PR News, to so some of our premium content, we are including that as well in our in some of our packages. So very cool. Yeah, we're, we're trying to keep things, um, you know, give our <clears throat> users and attendees a lot of value. Um, we know it's been a tough year financially for a lot of places. So trying to give you guys the most that we can um, 
for a, for a decent price. So, but I'm really excited about this, uh, this lineup. And I'm not just saying that because I work at PR News. Um, <laughs> I, I'm really excited to talk to everybody. And uh, I, I think it'll be something to really learn a lot from, especially like I, I keep saying the past year, I mean, past year was so challenging for so many people. Um, I think <clears throat> we're going to learn so much. Uh, this is going to be such a special event in terms of learning from what we did the past year and um, going forward. I mean, things are still changing every day. So, yeah, I was going to say that like this year of all years seems like, I guess last year too, but I, I'm very curious about crisis communications now. I've never worked in it in that field. I'm specialized in media relations with some pretty like, I don't know, non-controversial, non, you know what I mean? Like nothing that really, not for any nonprofits or any big corporations, but I am curious about it from a industry perspective. It would be interesting to know how companies that are more in the spotlight are navigating these times because it seems very tricky. It's um, always good. It's always good to be prepared, no matter who you're representing, no matter yeah. who you're working with. Because stuff will just come up when you least expect it. I mean, look at where, oh gosh, what was that? What was the name of that landscaping place that? Oh, yeah. Four <laughs> Seasons. Yes, Four Seasons Landscaping that nobody mm -hmm. heard of before this. So hilarious. But ended up getting a flood of, of media exposure. And, yes. Um, you know, I'm sure they had to hire someone out to help them because I'm sure they probably didn't have a PR department. Yeah, probably them. not. No, but it just goes to show. Yeah, didn't they you? do. We have one at our house now. Um, <laughs> but you just never know when it's going to be your time, right? So That's such, that's such a great lesson. Yeah, it's good <laughs> to be prepared <laughs> for anything. We're going to have to get you back on the show to give us more bits of wisdom because I feel like you probably know a lot. I mean, you definitely know a lot, but just talking to you and getting a couple examples, are, they've just been great. A lot of recent, um, very relevant examples. Thank you. Yeah, I, I like to try and provide people with examples because I, I think that's the easiest way to learn um, is by example for a lot of people. So, but yeah, no, it's great talking with you guys. And Thank you. Try to try to keep it timely, you know. <laughs> yeah, and that's good for PR people to always keep in mind. Um, the last episode that we released, um, basically the guest, they write about food, but mm. one of the main things they talked about is the importance of relevancy to culture and um, timeliness in the stories that they cover. So it seems to be kind of like you know rule of the land right now, especially with yeah the times. Like people just. There's so much to write about. You have to really make sure that what you're writing about is important to the masses or whoever you're writing for. So it makes sense. Absolutely. Um, Britt, do you want to go into shout outs and all that? Or do you have any other? Oh, yeah. No, I think that's a, this is a great place to bring that in. I Do you have anyone prepared to give a shout out for? Somebody that you've enjoyed working with, Nicole? Oh, yes. Um, so <laughs> I love that. Very enthusiastic. <laughs> <laughs> one of one of my I'm a huge sports fan, and one of my favorite topics to write about is communications and sports. And again, it's been a crazy year for sports um, <laughs> in terms of you know. I mean, you know, we're almost a year in COVID. I remember, I remember the day when I thought this was holy crap. This is really serious. Is when they shut down. Uh, the NCAA tournament, March Madness. And 
I was just like, wow, okay, I can't believe this is happening. Like, you know, there's a lot of money involved. There's, you know, there's a lot of players involved. There's, you know, a lot of, it, it's sad. It was sad. Um, and then the NBA shut down. It was like, oh, wow. Okay. This is, this is going to be crazy. So, you know, the person I wanted to shout out was, so, so I love writing about sports. Um, the NFL, I'm a huge football fan. I grew up in Buffalo, New York. I'm a, a diehard Bills fan. It's crazy. But uh, Jordan White, who uh, works in community relations and PR at the NFL is incredible. I can't even remember how we connected. Maybe I found her on LinkedIn or, or something, but um, she's been awesome in terms of anytime I need something, um, you know, writing about Super Bowl, writing about this, writing about that. And it makes me feel good because I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a sports writer, you know, and, and I feel like, you know, people at the ESPNs of the world and major sports sites, athletic, you know, they should be getting priority, but she's always made me feel like I'm just as important as, as the sports writers are. And, you know, even writing from a comms perspective. So that, that's really made me happy. And, you know, she's so quick and fast and just provides great information and quotes and, and those sorts of things. So I've, I've really been grateful to her for that. Also, uh, I love the team at Berlin Rosen, big communications firm here in New York and DC and a couple other places. And they're doing some really great stuff in terms of public policy and equality and diversity. And, um, you know, just, just really impressed with what they're doing. And everyone I've always worked with on their staff, um, uh, you know, Brett Cummings is someone I, I keep in mind. Um, you know, she's always provided me uh, with, you know, great timely information, some exclusives, different things like that. They've been, you know, really great to work with. So any other sports people you want to work with me, let me know. Because <laughs> I love writing about, uh, I just fun. think communications and sports is fascinating because everything has to get done so quickly. And there's so many people affected um, on so many levels. So we've yet to really have anyone speak to the topic of sports. So that's someone who should be on our radar to interview you should yeah, and jordan's great um and, and she's, she's very sweet and I i'm that. sure she would be a great person to talk to um especially about her super bowl experience this year so yeah this has been really great thank you nicole yeah, thank you guys for having me on i i I don't get to do a lot of these all the time. I've actually, I've only been on one other podcast. So this is, uh, this is exciting. <laughs> well, oh, you did a fantastic job. So thank you for being so prepared and for having all these wonderful examples. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of We Earn Media. If you head over to weearnmedia.com, you'll find a summary of the episode along with links to any of the resources and more information about our lovely guest and where you can find them online. If you have any topic suggestions or just general PR questions for us or future guests, email us at podcast at weearnmedia.com. Of course, you can also find us on social media. Our handle is at weearnmedia and we're on Twitter and Instagram. 